Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcaster, Mark Cotrera, with your favorite podcast, Making the Cut. Welcome back this week. Before I even get started, yes, I know uh, Deke and I didn't get to do college football this week. We had some things going on. I was feeling a little bit under the weather myself. No, it wasn't the COVID. Uh, but we, we, we'll get back to it as soon as possible. And yes, I know that I didn't get to do my NFL Sunday uh, Take It to the Bank picks. Uh, I do have a guest picker coming up in the next week or so. He's been asking me to do it. I can't wait to have him on there. Uh, and look, you're back. I am back today. It is Sports Sundays, and we're going to get it started off this week. But before I do, make sure you pay attention to my Facebook. My links are going to be there always. Uh, and look, I, I know I've said it a couple times. Deke and I said it before as well. Uh, don't be afraid to put some comments. You could... Uh, put comments on whatever links I put there, or you can even DM me, uh, PM me, whatever you want to call it, and ask me anything or or give me anything that you want me to talk about, and I'll talk about it. It doesn't even matter if it's a sport that I don't normally follow. I'll get into it and look at it, and uh, and and I'll talk about it on the next podcast, and I and you'll be listening for it. So, hey, look, thank you all for your follows and your listens and your subscriptions. Uh, again, Spotify. You know, I say it every time. Spotify, Anchor, the Anchor app and anchor.fm and even google podcasts you can find me anywhere go and listen go and follow thank you again for it all look this week on Sun- sports sunday uh listen a little bit different week here uh i'm not going to break down all three things like i did last week but i am going to have fun with it we're going to talk about it a little bit i am going to talk a little bit about the lsu game uh yesterday break down some of that stuff also going to talk a little bit of college football uh, and I'm kind of going to stay away from the NFL. The NFL's got me aggravated this week. If you're a fantasy football uh, league player, you understand what I'm talking about. It's a little aggravating. Uh, and then, of course, for our Saints, if you're a Louisiana person and you're one of the ones that are from Louisiana that like your home team, unlike those who, for some reason, like teams from other places when you have a team at home. I don't I'll never understand it, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, a couple of hard weeks for us. I mean, it had a game to Tennessee today that they could have won a couple of mixed missed extra points a couple of you know you, you did have a BS call uh, that gave Tennessee a touchdown uh, and a penalty one of those ones where you kind of wish they'd be like huge better judgment whatever on roughing the passer what it is what, whatever they still had the game had an opportunity to win it and didn't and then last week um, you know losing to the 28 to 3 Falcons letting letting all 220 200 uh what is it 283 uh fans of theirs celebrate their super bowl win for beating the saints uh sad time last week and it is what it is but so on that note jumping off into college football i didn't get to do a lot of the college football because we didn't get to talk about it uh this week because uh, we missed the, the podcast but i am going to jump off on a little bit of this week and listen i got a i got a i got a good idea that oprah made a visit to college football again this week. So, jump it off into it, though. I want to get into this LSU game. With LSU, the last two weeks, and I think I talked about it last week on Sports Sunday, the defenses look so much better. Um, the the move from the 4-3 to the 3-4, which made a lot of sense because when the Dave Aranda was there, they recruited for the 3-4. So, you have all these guys there. But the other impressive part about it was that you you got a defense playing so much better 
but you got it without all of your superstars in the secondary, which was huge. And you still had a lot of key injuries in a lot of other places, defensive end, uh, linebacker, uh, some on the defensive line as well. And that defense played better than it did since 2011. And uh, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a huge turnaround. Now, unfortunately, the offense couldn't help out a whole lot, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But defensively, um, you know, they looked amazing. The only thing that they need to work on well, whoever the next coach is coming in or whoever's staying around or whoever, even now, the defensive coordinators, man, if they could just work on technique with tackling, I swear to goodness, it's so frustrating watching these guys try to blow somebody up instead of making a tackle. You either try to blow them up and whiff or you try to go and make a shoestring tackle when you should just line up and wrap a guy up and bring him on down. Uh, saying that, uh, yes, uh, mobile quarterbacks are mobile for a reason they're successful not only against us a lot of times but man if you watched the game last night with Arkansas LSU had a game they should have won the game um, they just shot themselves in the foot over and over I'm gonna say that they lost the game as opposed to Arkansas winning the game uh, lost the boot unfortunately but one of the things that's frustrating is for some reason when you get these guys that are just absolutely dominating now they looked a lot better against a mobile quarterback in the first half in this game than they did against Auburn, but that's what it reminded me of in the second half. All of a sudden, it was like he had Vaseline or something all over his body, and you couldn't tackle him. It's like you're just sliding off of it, and and it wasn't like Bo Nix where he's making these juke moves and making you break your ankles and look silly. You had hands on him so many times, and y'all heard me talk about Jay Ward before, and like, oh my gosh, please wrap somebody up. Uh, Jay Ward was one of those ones where he just come flying off and it was like you were playing NCAA football or Madden and you do the juke stick for, at, the, at the quarterback position and he just flips him off off of him. Or he goes and runs and dives and tries to tie a shoestring for some reason. I, I didn't understand. Uh, but, so, I mean, just just hit the guy. Just tackle him. Wrap him up. Bring him on down. Even if you're not strong enough to bring him down, you hold him steady for somebody else to get there too. Anyway, offensively, you know, I hit on this just a moment ago. Uh, it goes to show you it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is on the team. Uh, it's really going down to the play callers, uh, the offensive coordinators. And, and listen, I understand sometimes they can put the best plan out there and, um, you know, the, the players don't execute. There is that aspect of it as well. Always, there's always that aspect. Uh, but when you go back and look, and I actually thought about the uh, – the, uh, the Seahawks in the Super Bowl against uh, against the Patriots, where they're like, just run the dang ball. At the end of the game, in overtime there, you had an opportunity to go with TDP, uh, Ty Davis-Price. You have an opportunity to possibly, if they stop him, stop him, but it's not a turnover. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, but you go and throw a back shoulder fade with a, with a freshman quarterback, and you don't have a receiver who's like 6'6", six, six monster. There's no Megatron there. Uh, Devontae Lee from Amy. Uh, he's a great player, but he's not that guy. Uh, you, because, uh, let's be honest, they've used him at uh, receiver, they've used him at linebacker, they used him at DB, then they put him back at, at H-back for a little bit. Uh, then they put him back at receiver. So, I mean, he's not a guy that got to really hone in on the skill of being a receiver, so to speak. So, uh, it was it's a big difference there. So, that call there, it was, it was like a Pete Carroll call. Like, just run the ball, man. All you got to do is, if you don't get it, if TDP doesn't get a touchdown, guess what? You kick a field goal, and you hold them again, and they get a field goal, you go to another overtime. I don't understand why it's so hard about that, but it's mind-boggling sometimes that the, the offensive coordinators or the play callers sometimes outsmart themselves. 
and yesterday's was one of those times. That was one of the times. Yeah, now, now, granted, LSU's offense in many ways lost the game for LSU. Uh, part of it was play calling, but I can go ahead and tell you that last play call definitely lost the game for them. Just, just I mean, just set up fine for for a field goal and see if your defense can hold them the way that they played good for the last two games. I, I don't understand the, the thinking there, the thought process there. Do, do what's been working as opposed to trying to force something that hasn't been working and you have only got 13 points in a game anyway. And speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of offensively, the quarterbacks, and, and you know, I said a minute ago, it really doesn't matter who the quarterback is there. Uh, but it, it, I, I'm going to go away from just offensive play callers. Uh, granted, I just told you I did not agree with that last call, and there's a lot of calls. I'm like, man, something just didn't make any sense. Now, uh, uh, granted, the offense as well, the offensive line as well, has just sucked, man. It's been bad for a while. They play, they've played a little bit better here and there. You see spurts of it. Uh, you know, there's a couple games where TDP was able to get off and really it, the Florida game, the Kentucky game, where he was really to, they were able to open up holes. Uh, I I know. Uh, in the Florida game, they brought in an extra blocker and a tight end, and they opened up the, the counter play, and it just they just ran it to death, and it was good. But they, he also had 100 yards rushing against Alabama. You remember for a while that was something that just didn't happen. So the offensive line had spurts. Now they they didn't block too well for anybody who was running the ball early in the game in the first half of the second half. TDP was getting a groove, just really getting going there. I don't I, I don't even remember the amount of yards that he had there, but there was this groove that he was going. And, you know, that old statement of the, the, the running backs, the good running backs, they get stronger, they get better as the game progresses, as it gets on in the fourth quarter because those other guys are getting beat up uh, and it seems like they get more fresh. So, I, I, you know, the offensive line has been a struggle. You've heard me talk about it at nauseum uh, because it's true, um, but there were some spurts in it to where they look better this time. Uh, but... Uh, I wanted to talk about the quarterback situation too because if you've heard it nonstop, and if you've if you've watched LSU, followed LSU uh, for the longest time, you know quarterback play has been forever. We got a little spoiled with, uh, and listen, in Louisiana we got spoiled, and we're learning that we were spoiled uh, with quarterback play from two amazing quarterbacks. When you had Joe Burrow here, you had Drew Brees. For the Saints, look what happens when they're going. You can't just plug in and play somebody else. But you do have to develop those guys. For the longest time with LSU, I said, hey, they have guys there at quarterback that they're not developing. Developing, uh, They're not t- teaching them more. Uh, they see all of what they did in high school. They recruit them and think that they can come in and just do it. Look, take a real look for a second. Now, Actually, I'll hold off on that. I'll bring it back up about Burrow if he would have came over when he was a freshman. If we were to recruit him, he would have came here as a freshman. I'll give you that in just a moment to give you some perspective on it. Now, I want you to go back all the way back to when uh, we won a national title. Matt Flynn was a quarterback. He leaves. The quarterback that we have in the wings is a guy that's going to be an upperclassman in Ryan Perilu. Well, Ryan Perilu goes and gets in trouble. And so he gets kicked off the team, basically. It gets suspended indefinitely, basically. And then he transfers to, uh, you know, Cincinnati Junior High College for the, the shoeless or something. Uh, and anyway, so, I mean, he never plays any meaningful games again. Anyway, I think he went to Jacksonville State. You know, I was just playing. Uh, but from there, you go into, like, Hatch, who's a transfer from, from Harvard, which there's a reason why he was there. And then you go to Jarrett Lee. And uh, Jarrett Lee's a young guy. Uh, freshman or sophomore at the time when he came in, 
And, uh, you know, so you're expecting him to make those those young guy mistakes, and he makes a ton of them. So they start screaming, and Jordan Jefferson comes in, right? Sounds familiar, right? Just keep up with me. Just it, it, just keep up with me because it sounds real familiar. Uh, bring in Jordan Jefferson. Comes in and does some pretty decent things, and uh, young guy looks like he's the next guy there. Uh, and then what happens? Everybody knows. We've watched Jordan Jefferson. He just never progressed, never got any better, right? Move on a little bit further, and you got Anthony Jennings coming in and winning a game against Arkansas. And they're like, "Oh, he's got to take. He's got to be the starter going forward." Put Anthony Jennings there as a starter. What happens? Absolutely horrible. No development, right? No progression. Well, who who takes his position? The next young guy, Brandon Harris, the freshman, the red shirt freshman, comes in, lights up a game that's uh, that's meaningful that we're getting blown out. I think it was against Ole Miss, and everybody's screaming, "Hey, he's our quarterback." There's no reason why Jennings should be our quarterback. Brandon Harris should be our quarterback. So Brandon Harris takes over as a starter. What happens? It just falls apart again, right? So there was no development of these quarterbacks. What happened was when you got Burrow there, before I even get to Burrow, uh, you can move on to now because you have these young quarterbacks. They show you that they have spurts, that they can do things, but there's no development of them. Because college football, especially SEC, is the closest thing that you're going to get to NFL. They're going to figure you out. They're going to figure out if you can only throw to one side of the field. They're going to figure out if you have you've grew up in being an absolute superstar in high school by throwing to your fastest receiver that you have. And because you're the best athlete there as well. Uh, and, and so they could follow that out, find that out really quick, and they learn it really quickly. Uh, and so you can only stay hidden that you're, you're, you're not learning, you're not progressing, that you're not a quarterback that can grow and have the, the football IQ. Going into even to last year, well, T.J. Finley comes in because Brennan gets hurt, right? T.J. Finley comes in and he struggles, and so what do they do? They're screaming for Max Johnson to come in. Max Johnson comes in and beats uh, Florida and, and was it Ole Miss the next game? And he's deemed the, star, the starter for going forward because they're screaming. He's got to be the guy. He is the future. He is unstoppable. He's going to be better than Burrow, yada, yada. And if you say that people didn't say that, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying. You know the truth. So what happens is Mac Johnson, Max Johnson becomes the, uh, the starter this year. And he starts getting struggles because he showed you what he can do. Defenses are starting to follow, uh, figure him out. But there's no development of this quarterback. Uh, and so we're starting to scream for Garrett Nussmeyer. And then we bring in Garrett Nussmeyer. He shows you a little bit of a spurt there with a Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel, actually more like a Bo Nix play to catch the catch the touchdown yesterday. And and honestly, he's looking horrible too. So the, the, you, it's because you have these young guys. They're not having an opportunity to go through the program, learn the offenses, learn how to be uh, a, a quarterback there, and develop. And so they're having to learn how to develop as they go along. Let me tell you this. If Burrow, and I, this is what I was alluding to, if Burrow was a quarterback here uh, at, at LSU, we recruited him and we brought him in, I guarantee you it would have been the same thing. Oh, no, no, Burrow's just a, that type of player. No, there's a reason why he transferred away from Ohio State. There's a reason why he couldn't get on the field at Ohio State. Those guys that were ahead of him, they were not better than him. Look at the quarterback that, that beat him out for the starting position there at Ohio State, right? I can't even think of his name. Uh, he's a backup at, at Pittsburgh right now. I think he's the third string at Pittsburgh. Gets drafted by Washington. Uh, but he can't play quarterback because he, he's never developed because he was just this – he can work in that system at Ohio State, right? But going back to what I was saying, there was no development. But because there was development – 
over time and with Burrow, he comes here, he plays a pretty mediocre season. You could see the stuff there just like you could see it with uh, Max, with Nussmar. Even with those other quarterbacks that I listed, you could see the spurts of something that could be there. They could be good players. They could be great players. Uh, and it wasn't until his senior season, right? And you could say that it was Brady. You could say it was all that. But there was development. There was an opportunity. He wasn't a young guy. He understood how to read defenses. He understands how to get the ball out with timing. Well, these young guys, they're not going to know that because I just explained to you why. They don't do that in high school. Even though they're doing 707 drills all the time and they're learning how to go through progressions and stuff, they're not learning timing rights, uh, routes like they do in college and in the pros. They're not. They are a little bit, but it's not the same. They don't have this. It's not the same, man. So you, you have these guys that are not being developed. And that was been the problem with quarterback at LSU for the longest time. It wasn't that you weren't getting guys, because I guarantee you. Now, some of these guys that were here at LSU at quarterback, whether it's Jennings or Harris or whatever, like Harris went to North Carolina, couldn't really succeed there, but he did get the starting position there. There's a reason why he got it. Uh, some of these guys, they may have been good quarterbacks at other places. Man, when you look around the college football world and you see some of the quarterbacks that are, that are quarterbacking for those schools and they're doing really good, it's because they develop a good program for them. They hide their insufficiencies, and then they help them grow and grow. Unless it's some of the schools. Some of the schools, you know, Ohio State, a lot of times they have, they just have their system. Florida had their system forever. That's the reason. It's just, it, you know, they're only gonna, that quarterback's only going to work in that system. Well, it's the same thing. Some of those quarterbacks can excel big time in, in certain, uh, you know, in certain systems. But you also have to be able to develop them into a quarterback, man. Their dream is to be in the NFL, not to be a quarterback for your college, right? I mean, that's that's one of the things that happens to Mullen. Uh, Dan Mullen over in Florida was the same kind of situation. Uh, he's developing these guys. Some of them like Dak is an anomaly, right? Uh, but none of the other guys are going to go, right? When you look at those guys, I mean, is Emory going to go? Trask made it, but Trask is more of a, a, a passing quarterback. Uh, you know, he was an anomaly as well. But uh, when you begin to look at it, uh, look! Look how these guys are being molded. Look how they're taking time in the in the system. They have years to grow and mature into a quarterback. That's huge, man. These guys are young. They're extremely young, and it, you can't that that position uh, at quarterback. You can't be inexperienced and not know. You have to, and and un- unfortunately, you can't get out on the field and learn it as you go. It's just not. You can't. It's not like running back. Well, I'm just going to keep handing me the rock and I'm keep going. Or I'm an offensive lineman. I can just stay in front of my man, uh, even if I don't know how know all the calls. No, it's it's different. Or even receiver, I can run a route because I'm an athlete or or defensive player. Yeah, you know, Lawrence Taylor used to say all the time he didn't know the call, so he just rushed a quarterback all the time. I mean, you, you can't do that at quarterback. Uh, look at what it, what it does at Auburn with uh, with Bo Nix. He's been there for three years, and man, I swear, it, a lot of times it looks like he doesn't know what the play offensive play is. He just makes up stuff as he goes along. It, listen, he's not. He, he wants to be Johnny Manziel. Let's be honest. But Johnny Manziel used to do it all the time. But he was a freak of an athlete. Uh, it is what it is with it, right? So they needed to be able to develop these guys. I mean, when you look at these other colleges that throw out uh, uh, quarterbacks, I mean, uh, look at Oklahoma. I mean, you know, I know Oklahoma lost to Baylor. I know Texas lost to Kansas, and I'll get into that again in a minute because I can hear Oprah singing, uh, but. Look, Oklahoma developed some quarterbacks, man. Look who they putting in the league. Kyler Murray, 
Baker Mayfield. I know those guys were transfers from other schools, just like Burrow was. But look, they couldn't make it on the teams that they were at. But that when they transferred, they got there. That's that's just the way it is because they're developing a quarterback and they have a quarterback, uh, um, you know, easy system for them there. So, you know, you you got to be able to develop these guys just like you develop every other position, and uh, you you can't throw them out there to the wolves or or to the sharks uh, as young guys and expect them to be able to figure it out. And as fans, it's absolutely ridiculous that you're screaming for these kids' heads, man. Uh, you know, Max Johnson, you you shoot, you crush their uh, confidence. Well, they need to have it. Well, yes, it put you you put yourself in that same position. Yes, Max Johnson may not be the best quarterback at LSU, right? He may not be, but he didn't have the chance to to develop. He didn't have a chance to sit back and learn the offense fully. Uh, you can't say that Nussmeyer has. It's just it, they didn't have the time. When you go back to other guys, even Jordan Jefferson, as much as I was down on Jordan Jefferson. He didn't have the time to learn it. Jared Lee didn't have the time to learn it. Brandon Harris, Anthony Jennings, they didn't have the time to learn it because there was no development of the quarterback and they had to jump in as young guys. And so you you have this same problem. You have to be able to learn how to ride a guy out and teach him and teach him. Have an upperclassman there. Like you, you, you were lucky that you had Burrow there. Let's be honest. That was an upperclassman that knew how. And it, and, and it did help that his, his dad was a football coach. So he had football IQ, right? But... You, you need somebody that's developed. If the, the programs that succeed more most of the time are those guys that have the upperclassmen that are succeeding. You know what I mean? When you have the, the younger guys, it you typically fail. It's, it, it doesn't happen too often that you got young guys succeeding there, right? We just got spoiled, and that's what, that is what it is. So I, I'm going to round off this show really quickly too this week, and I, I was trying to keep it short, but I just had to ramble on about the quarterback situation, uh, so I can give my take on it. But I did hear Oprah, and, I, and I'm telling you, too, there's two things, really, two things I want to talk about to finish off. I, I, I mentioned on it a second ago, Oprah was handing out those upsets again this season. I know college football hates it. Obviously, NFL hates it, too, because they're getting hit left and right. Who would have thought that Jacksonville would have beat Buffalo? <laughs> Not me. We're still asking the question, how did that happen? Two weeks later, I don't I don't, I don't even understand. But it, it, you know, other than... Yeah, Obviously, it was Oprah handing out upsets. It's just what it does, what it was. So, but look, let's look at the upsets this week. Texas, I hit on it. Texas got upset by Kansas. Baylor upsets Oklahoma. Look, what a welcoming committee that those guys have, or a send you off committee that those guys are as they're leaving their conference and coming over to the SEC while the SEC is sitting back looking at them, laughing at them. Right? It, Hilarious to me that those two teams got upset. I've been saying it for a while. Oklahoma's on upset alert because of the way they played all season long. I mean, if you're almost losing to Tulane, who has one one win on the season, God bless you. If you're a Tulane fan, I'm not picking on you. I love Tulane as well. But let's be honest. No, yeah, oh, when you look back on it now, Tulane's one and six. Oklahoma was in uh, in talks for the college football playoff, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. A uh, and M. Upset by Ole Miss. The lane train, right? Yeah, yep. There, here we go again with the coaching carousel at LSU. We're talking more about who's gonna who's gonna be the coach here. Now uh you, you know, Jimbo lost, so his name is falling down a little bit. Uh so but he lost to Lane, so Lane is up there now. Uh Mel Tucker lost to Purdue, so his name dropped a little bit. Uh, it, it, I'm so t- I'll be glad when they hire whoever they're gonna hire. I'm so so tired of of 
of looking at the message boards and people arguing with each other and fighting with each other over who they want the coach to be. You already know my feeling. I don't want Jimbo Fisher. He's done nothing except for uh, win a national championship at Florida State uh, over beating a fluke Auburn team. Let's be honest. They had a cornerback playing uh, quarterback, and they shouldn't have been in that game. And then they actually still almost lost that game with the quote-unquote Heisman Trophy winner there. So, And then you also had another upset, and I was just talking about them. Auburn got upset by Mississippi State. The bad thing about that, you all heard me say 28-3 plenty of times. Auburn was up 28-3 and ended up losing the game. Hilarious. But Mississippi State has been that team, man, that, that has just been the upset team. They are looking for a way to upset somebody. They are the team that will lose to a Memphis. Almost lose to, uh, was it, Louisiana Tech. Lose to uh, North Carolina. No, did they beat North Carolina? I can't remember. But the, losing to LSU this season, let's be honest. I mean, that might give me a kick in the junk, but let's be honest, they lost LSU this season. If they come back and beat Auburn, who Auburn beat LSU. It's the way, way Mississippi State plays. Uh, they just, that's the way that Leach has been with Texas Tech, Washington State, and of course now Mississippi State. He's just a guy that's going to get you some upsets. He's not going to win you the conference. He's not going to the national title. He's going to say a lot of funny things that are off the wall, uh, and you're going to laugh at him. And he's going to upset some teams. Just it is what it is with him. You know, last year's first upset was on LSU. Speaking about the college football playoff, and this is what I'm going to end off on here. You know, I, I told you last week on Sports Sunday uh, that uh, there's some things in my life that remind me of the movie Our Brother Wart Out and the one movie quote that, and I said it that you know that just don't make no sense. And this is one of those ones. And I'm just, unfortunately, I'm going to have to turn it into a segment. The that just don't make no sense segment. Because going back to the college football playoff, you heard me talking about it last week. Uh, you know, they, some of the people want to put Oregon below Ohio State, which Ohio State lost to Oregon at Ohio State. So it doesn't make no sense. Uh, you know, and I talked to you about why Wake Forest uh, wasn't ranked as high as Clemson was when they should have been. Because they're in the same conference, conference stronger this year, uh, you know it just don't make any sense because they have their favorites, they have what they want to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Let's go to it again this week. Now these guys are not in the top four, but they are in in the polls and they're listed. Uh, and this is and I told you about it before about Ohio State. I told you about Clemson and their favorites and back when USC, uh, Alabama, Georgia. There there are some favorites, so there are some that they're undisputable, right? You know what I'm saying that they belong to be there. They're going to try their hardest to get Ohio State into the college football playoff. The reason why I'm saying that is looking at it. Michigan is ranked higher than Michigan State. Michigan and Ohio State are going to be playing soon. You know Ohio State's going to beat them because Jim Harbaugh can't beat Michigan State or Ohio State. And so it's going to bump them up a little bit, especially with Oklahoma losing, right? Uh, and let's be honest, Cincinnati's going to, not going to get there. Uh but here's the part that just don't make no sense. Michigan State beat Michigan. Why would you put them below them? Because it don't make no sense. Because you got your favorites. Because you're trying to find a way to put your favorite team in the college football playoff, which is Ohio State. You want the same thing over and over. Which I don't understand because when you had Alabama and Clemson going to the national title every year, you had the lowest ratings ever. Like, you just, people got tired of watching. It's like, eh, uh, 
all right, throw in Ohio State, throw in Oklahoma. Uh, every once in a while, let's throw in a Washington or Oregon or Michigan State. Uh, there's no excitement. The biggest excitement was when LSU was there. Let's be honest. I mean, it was exciting last year because you had a COVID year. You just needed something to watch. Yes, Bama was back in it, and they won it, right? But it's like this, this same old story. Like, they just won't change, dude. It's they they it's a rigged system in many ways. Yes, they get... Oprah messes it up for him a lot of times, a lot of times, but it's a rigged system in a lot of ways. It don't make no sense. It absolutely doesn't make any sense. And they show you all the time. They do stuff all the time that just don't make no sense. And I I will tell you this. Part of the reason we are in the era, we've been in the era for a while of clickbait and uh, talking points. And listen, it gives me something to talk about too. So I'm not dogging it all all the way. Uh, But let's be honest. You have a, a TV show that you start this early in the season that you're throwing out your rankings of who's going to be in the college football playoff. Nobody's watching that crap. Everybody gets it on their Bleacher Report or ESPN app. Nobody's watching that crap. You got four people watching that, right? Nobody's watching it. And so what you do is you do stuff that just don't make any sense or just don't make no sense. And when you do that, it gets people talking. It's clickbait. Oh, I'm going to read that alert. What is it? That don't make no sense. You got everybody in America that that follows college football. That don't make no sense. All because it's an opportunity to get more views, more clicks. That's all it is, fellas. That's all it is, ladies. So, anyway, try not to get too upset about it. I try not to get too upset about it. I love college football. I wish stuff would just make more sense. I wish they let it play out on the field. Uh, But like I said last week, some stuff is just never going to change. You have college football elitists. Uh, my buddy Matt Moscona is even like, I'm a college football elitist. I don't want a group of five team in the in the college football playoff, especially in the format that it is now. And I understand that. You have your opinion on it. But I am all about proving on the field. Do I believe that Cincinnati or Texas San Antonio is also undefeated in a group of five? Do I believe they stand a chance against an Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Georgia, even, well, maybe Oklahoma, uh, you, you know, Oregon? No, I don't. But I do believe you put it on the field because anything can happen at any point, right? Uh, and let it be played out and so that you won't have this speculative nonsense. But we know it'll never change. The one good thing about it is that Oprah keeps jumping off into college football and throwing out upsets left and right. It's going to mess up the college football committee, the playoff committee even more. I love it. So that's my show for this week. I know I missed the last two. I'm going to be catching back up hopefully this week on everything. As we get closer to the holidays, we might be adjusting some times and stuff like that. Hey, but don't forget, keep watching. Keep looking on my, my Facebook for the links. If you subscribe to on Spotify to my to my podcast there, it's always going to let you know when my next one is there. Uh, you, you can catch me there anyway. Uh, and then, of course, go to Anchor the Anchor app or anchor.fm. I'm always going to be there. Google Podcasts, you name it, I'm everywhere. So thank you again for the follows. Go share it with somebody else who, so they can get some listens as well and subscribe as well. See y'all next time. This is Mark Atreya with Making a Cut.